Hi, this is Sharice Kenyon, and you're listening to the Beauty Me podcast, all about beauty beyond the BS. I'm actually beyond excited to introduce this week's guest. I've been an avid fan and follower of Felicia Walker, aka This That Beauty, for almost 10 years, I think. I can't remember what first enticed me to follow Felicia, but I knew that I related to her as a beauty journalist, as a woman of colour in the beauty world, and as someone who has dealt with different skin issues at different times in my life. So I've always felt like she's kind of my kind of like a beauty bible that I could go to that would tell me different stories to what I would see in the magazines. She shares so much content, she shares so much information and I think that's why people truly love her. Actually hang on before we continue I just need to make sure you guys are listening. Go and follow Felicia at this that beauty on Instagram. Thank me later. Okay. As someone who began blogging about beauty back in 2008, more so as a vehicle for her to solve her own skin issues, recently, well, for the past few years, Felicia has no skin issues, apart from the fact that it's ridiculously glowy. She was doing the dewy skin thing way before makeup artists and influencers were doing it. It's literally her thing. And I feel that in the beauty business, she's basically royalty as far as I'm concerned. She's relatable, she's real, and she's also aging backwards. And I know I'm not the only one who thinks these things, so I knew it was about time that I invited her on. When I did first mention on social media that Felicia was going to be a guest, my DMs were instantly on fire. As one follower, Alex, rightly said, Felicia is the OG, I'm so excited for this. We cover a lot of ground in this episode. We discuss why finding the right skincare is an evolutionary process that cannot be prescribed by an influencer. And of course, I had to ask her about her own skincare regime. As with all of my guests, I tried to find out where Felicia first encountered beauty. And I really loved hearing her talk about the joy of discovery as she walked up and down the aisles of her local beauty supply store. We discuss SPF and why many in the black community still feel that skin cancer doesn't affect them. And Felicia explains why she's finally decided to get some fillers. Whether you already know Felicia and her work or you've never heard of her before, this is one of those episodes where everyone can learn something and I honestly feel like her vibe is just so infectious and joyful. I hope you love it. I'm very nosy and because I've got you right here, I want to know your morning routine from when you open your eyes, phone, skincare, kids, tell the truth from when you open your eyes, what are you doing? I'm happy to answer that question. I try to, I I listen to your podcast, obviously. So I like to listen and see, um, you know, what other folks go through and what their scenarios are like. I think mine is a bit of a hodgepodge. No two days are the same. Um, I have an eight-year-old and my morning routine is probably not as glamorous or as extensive as people tend to think. It has evolved over time. So I remember after having Phoebe, that's my eight-year-old, after having her, I kind I felt like my skin had bounced back and it just remembered how I used to take really good care of it. <laughs> um, kind of like snap back to like, in theory, if you work out a lot, you've got great muscle tone before you have a baby, in theory, your body snaps back. So I felt like my skin had muscle memory 
because I just didn't have the bandwidth to take very good care. So um, I felt like I was just living off of my prior good skincare. Yeah, so that was kind of a good thing. But currently, my skincare routine is really pretty simple. In the mornings, I use probably a micellar water. Um, I love this one. Um, I think it's it's Isden uh, micellar water. I use that in the mornings just on a reusable uh, cotton round. And I just uh, hydrate my skin with that and kind of cleanse off a little bit. From there, I might press on an essence Um, And then I might go straight to moisturizer or like some kind of balm and sunscreen, always sunscreen. If I'm indoors, outdoors, it's always going to be sunscreen. But my morning routine is pretty basic. It's also seasonal and it pivots based Mm -hmm. on my skincare needs. So if I have a pimple, I'm definitely going to throw on a patch or some kind of pimple treatment. If I feel like my skin is super dry, I might do a quick sheet mask, a hydrating sheet mask before I get into the shower. So it's really not an absolute thing. It really is based on my skincare needs, which has always been a big part of my philosophy in skincare, really looking at what your skin needs in that moment and addressing that. I think it's, I mean, I've only learned that more recently myself. It is literally like when you wake up that morning, what are you facing? Like, is there is it extra oily? Is it extra dry? Is there irritation? But yeah. I don't know about you, but I feel like even as like a beauty journalist, you still have to learn that lesson yourself and you might make some mistakes along the way, you know, the over exfoliating. But I feel like since I've been following you, I think probably since you came onto Instagram, I think around 2013, um, I've loved how you've always shared what your skin was going through, because Mm -hmm. definitely right now you are like so glowing but I think in the past did you have issues with acne that maybe then gave you the hyperpigmentation so you've had to kind of address and evolve as has time has worn on absolutely that really was kind of the beginning of starting my blog back in the day I was basically trying to solve my own skincare problems so at that time a lot of the blogs really focused on makeup Um, There was some hair, but definitely makeup. There wasn't a ton on skincare. And I was really just doing tons of research and trial and error, really trying to solve my own skincare issues. And I was always passionate about skincare in my heart. The blog was a way of purging all of that information somewhere so it could live somewhere. And people would also often ask me different things about skincare. So how do I get really pimple? How do I do this? How do I like clear breakout or brighten my skin. And I was like, this is weird that people think I know the answers to these. (laughs) (laughs) But what I've learned over time is that people see themselves in me. And it doesn't matter if you're black, white, Asian, young, mature, I can be standing in Walgreens. um, And like, I'm looking at stuff and someone will be like, what do you think for me, this one or this one? Like people are always asking me. So I think that there's something in me that people, they see themselves And me, so with my blog, I was really just trying to, one, solve my own skincare issues, two, share all of this knowledge and information, because at that time, it really did not exist. No. It wasn't wasn't as accessible as it is now. No. I feel like, it's funny how you said, you know, you had people kind of ended up treating you like this oracle. I I did it too. Um, But I feel like now 
social media allows people that have way, way, way less, like, you know, obviously we've got influencers and um, just a post on social media about a product, that person can end up being asked loads of questions. And they maybe weren't even using the products to begin with. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's why you become who you are, because I think you're very real and people trust the background and the fact that you've always shared with us. I felt like you've, you've always shared I wanted to know, because I definitely feel like you are part of my, like, beauty education. Oh. But I want to know who who or what started you down this track? I don't mean, like, when you got into, you know, the working world of it, but, like, uh-huh. when you were growing up, like, what was the – when did you discover beauty? I think beauty was always part of me. I've always felt a very strong connection to – skincare products, beauty, like beautification products and rituals. It's always been kind of um, medicinal for me. It's weird. Even like watching cooking shows and like the process of making a dish, that's always been a very comfortable and safe place for me. So even as like a preteen, I took so much joy in just walking the aisles of my local beauty supply store in downtown Newark, New Jersey. I still do that. Like I can't go past a beauty supply store and not go in. And when I go in, I literally have to walk every aisle and it's just, it's just built with so much wonder and like discovery. And that's always been a part of me. Like since I was, you know, a small kid, like 10, 11, it would start with like VO5 mud packs and masks and like Genite and all these different products that I would like try and I would try and do my own acrylics. And I just was always, and I still am so drawn to, to products and what they do and how they work. And you know, as I evolved, like the science behind it, how it works, um, the efficacy, various formulations. So it's, I just think it's within me. I think it's a, a gift and a passion that I tapped into professionally, but I think it was kind of, I think it was always there. So was your mum any influence? Cause I know over the years, your mum pops up on the feed yeah, occasionally. I can't wait to see her for Thanksgiving. Um, my mom wasn't a big beauty influence in my life. I mean, when I look at pictures of my mother from like the seventies and eighties, I'm very attracted to like the glamour of it all, the seventies and like the flip mm. hair. I feel like I'm giving like some kind <laughs> yeah. of like, homage to that. I'm a little frizzy though. Um, no, that's like, volume, volume. Yeah. It's like this girl should be going this way, but it's like doing its own thing. <laughs> Um, but I love like the glamour and everything of like that era and seeing like pictures of her, but she really wasn't a skincare person. My mom is one of those black women who looks like 20 years younger than her age. And it's like, I don't do anything. And it wasn't until I got into beauty, like professionally that she learned about sunscreen and she learned about serums. And now like she really is on her skincare game. So my mom is like a prime example of nurture, nature and nurture, because I think a lot of black women, we think like, oh, you know, we've got it made genetically. And I do think that the melanin gives us an advantage, but it's, it's up to us to preserve it. 
For sure. It's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee at all. So you really have to preserve. I mean, that's with everyone. But I think Black women in particular are like, oh, I'm good to go. And my mom was kind of like, I'm good to go because she always looked just so much younger. Not that that's the goal, but like her Mm. skin just it it looked more youthful than what people thought, you know, it should be. And I put that in the air because I know we're in a podcast. People can't see (laughs) (laughs) of what people thought it should be for her age. But once Mm -hmm. I got her into caring for her skin, it was like eye-opening for her, really, really eye-opening. My grandmother, my mother's mother, she was a bit more into makeup and like rouge and like um, foundation and like fashion fair at that time. So maybe my grandmother had a little bit more influence, but I've been asked this question before, so I have thought about it. I do think that my beauty roots kind of um, go back to my pageant days. I was a pageant girl, if you can believe that. I'm just <laughs> trying to think, did I know about this? I don't know about this. <laughs> Very few people know about this, but I thought about it and I was like, oh, I really think that's a big part of it. When I was in like sixth, seventh, eighth grade, maybe fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, I did like the pageant circuit and they were like more scholarship pageants, not like, you know, toddlers and tiaras kind of thing. It was more like scholarship pageants, but makeup was a big part of that. And I think the pageant director was a Mary Kay rep. So of course all the girls had like Mary Kay kids <laughs> and she met our sales goal for the year. And like, we, like, they sat us down and we would have like makeup classes and do makeup. And I think that's a big part of my uh, birth of my makeup life. That makes sense. And it's it's so funny because I think that's what happened with me because I used to dance from when I was like four years old. Mm-hmm. And I think from when I was maybe six years old, I was wearing makeup. Like, mm-hmm. and it's, it looks terrible now, but, you know, the color certainly wasn't right. But, you know, I was just a little six year old uh-huh. pale brown child. But yeah, <laughs> I, I think I remember just that feeling of... Yeah putting lipstick on and eyeshadow and because that's pretty do you know what I mean yeah Um, so it's it's interesting how it can weave it it's way back in years later Mm -hmm. but um you mentioned there about a lot of black women can think you know we're good and I think it's changing still quite slowly but thanks to people like you that are out there saying SPF always all shade every day inside out because I've mentioned this before in the podcast. Once I went to an event that was by a well-known black facialist and mm-hmm. everybody in the audience was black and she told them we don't need SPF. And I'm just like, how? And she's still around now and I'll, I'll never say her name. Right. But I was just like, how dare you yeah. say that? Because when black women get skin cancer, it may, it may not happen as often, but the scarring is worse because our skin reacts differently. It can yeah. take longer. It can be deeper. But basically, I think a lot of Black women think, oh, I, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about that because we get it. Like, we get skin cancer less. And I, I think even that fact, we don't know who actually gives us these facts. We don't know how often these things are updated. looked at. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure you know, SPFs aren't really tested on black skin right yeah the the stat that sticks out for me is that true skincare cancer is not as common amongst black people but 
I do know that when we get it, it's way more fatal because we're typically further along. So we're, you know, very fair skinned folks. They're being scammed mm-hmm. for moles with every annual. Us, we don't do it. Oh, I've just got a mole. Oh, I've got this pesky mole. By the time we get to the doctor, it's like, oh, this is like stage whatever skin cancer and it's so progressed. So I do, and that, that makes sense because it's something you don't think affects you. So it's growing and growing and growing. You're not paying it any attention. So by the time we notice it, our fatalities are higher. Yeah. So that's why I just couldn't believe what I was hearing that day. I was like, even if you think it for yourself, just zip it. Like, you know, surely it's better to err on the side of caution. Just put yeah. it on. Um, until we know more but just to take it back so you've told me about that whole experience of the discovery of makeup and mm-hmm. beauty when was the what was your first job in beauty when did you take it into a career my first job in beauty so my background outside of beauty was in human resources So I was a human resources professional, like at the executive level before I went into beauty. And to say exactly when is tough because I started freelancing, doing some editorial uh, writing for publications. And obviously I started my own blog and I started writing, but it wasn't really a revenue generator in the beginning. Uh, The way that you made money off of blogs, it was just so clunky back then, like you just really didn't make money the way that people, you know, the way money is is made now. Um, I remember some of my first few jobs, I'm trying to just remember getting writing assignments, or I would write for other public, I would write for other blogs or publications, I think I actually wrote for someone else's blog. They were looking for writers or contributors. And so I just started like writing for their blog, but that was actually the knee jerk that made me decide to start my own. Cause I didn't even think to start my own blog. I was like, I'm going to be an editor someday. Um, I'm going to work in magazines, be a beauty editor. And I'm like, Oh wow. Blogs are a thing, but I didn't think I could start one. I was just like, Oh, it's so cool. Blogs. And I wanted to write for someone else's blog. And at that time I applied to write and I didn't get accepted. She hired someone else. And I was like, (laughs) I'll just, I'll start a blog myself. And so I started my own blog and within about, I don't know, under a year, I got like a press write up from a professional makeup magazine. And from there, that kind of opened the doors for press a little bit more. And at that time I would take various writing assignments. The assignments were maybe like a dollar word or like $50 for an article, not a lot of money. I wish I could say like, I remember the first like right job job. Um, I remember Jones Magazine. That was my first like real beauty editor print uh, job that I remember. But in terms of like some of the freelance in the beginning that I don't remember the, the first. But do you remember what, made you because you said you know that you were in human resources you know regular job regular pay what made you sort of think I want to I want to jump a few things one the passion like was just calling me the writing was calling me uh the research I was very much enamored with beauty I was like a moth to the flame and I had like a very high earning six-figure job big bonus like beautiful job But, and I did it, I liked it. And I definitely gave it my all, 
but it wasn't my passion. And beauty was just feeling more and more like my passion. I kept surrounding myself in various beauty communities and networks. And I'd be a makeup alley all the time. And I bought, oh my God, so much. Like I was like a Sephora, you know, VIB before it was even like a thing. I just bought so many products and I would basically be like reviewing them on makeup alley and, and things like that. So I, it I, the more I did like on the side, basically for myself, the more I was into it. And I remember wanting to quit my job. I was at the New York times and I was like, I'm over this. Like, I, I really want to leave. I want to just pursue beauty. And it just wasn't the right time for a variety of reasons. So I stuck with it. Um, but I kept like freelancing on the side. I kept writing. I just kept doing both. Um, but more in a, elevated hobby kind of way. I still like did my full-time job on the weekends. And I actually at that time started doing makeup because I was really good at makeup and friends that always want me to do their makeup. So I had a pretty good bridal business going on the side on weekends. I would do rides on the weekends. And so that gave me lots of um, content for my blog. And that really helped to exercise my creativity in that way. But I really wanted to pursue the writing even more. And I had that opportunity when I was laid off, I was like, Oh, my God, this is perfect. Because this was at that weird time where people like were not paying for newspapers <laughs> anymore. Like this is when that had just started. So it was really bad. Maybe this was maybe 2009. I'm trying to remember exactly when, but New York times was like in a tailspin. It was crazy. And I kind of had a feeling I was going to get laid off and I did. And I was like, yes. Um, (laughs) So that opened the door for me to kind of fully walk, you know, take this faith walk with my, with beauty. But at the time I still juggle HR jobs. Like I would take freelance, not freelance, like, um, contract HR yeah. work. So someone like I covered one girl on her maternity leave. So I worked for maybe like four months at a place, another place. I, at that point, I really was kind of doing both. Um, so I was doing whatever HR contract work I could get. I just couldn't find a more full-time HR work. And it's not what I totally wanted, but it just wasn't even out there at my salary level. So more and more, I just kept doing more of the beauty, the editorial, more and more where it became like, oh, this is what we're doing over here. This is it. Yeah. Can you, because the other day, I, I don't know how long it took me. I was like, I'm going to get to the bottom of Felicia's Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I had it on my laptop and I had it on my phone. And my phone was so annoying because I was swear I was halfway there. And then it just like jumped out. So I had to start again. <laughs> and I, I loved it because it took me back to some real moments in yeah. hair and beauty. Yeah. So there was like the hair band with the yes. pom pom. Like, yes. oh, that was me. Um the OCC, rest in peace, OCC. Oh, my God. OCC, yes, Dave, yes. <laughs> and, you know, seeing you with some, like, amazing people, but can you, I wonder if you could give me some of the highlights of, like, favorite products or favorite moments that you've had during and your career. Beauty. Yeah, you know what's funny? It's interesting that you asked me, like, my first beauty job and that I could not recall, but I remember my first Instagram post. Okay. Um, I think it was like 2012 or 2013. I don't know if you ever made it to the end. Um, I did, but I think it was, it said Tess. One of them said Tess. (laughs) It was at Shutters on the Beach. So it was in, I was in California 
on a press trip for a vino. They brought out, they like flew out a bunch of bloggers <laughs> to do the red carpet for the Spirit Awards, Independent Spirit Awards. And I remember what I wore. Oh my God. <laughs> and I had a red lip. And my hair was kind of like this, actually, probably more like perfect, yeah. but it was definitely kind of like this. And I had like platform Louboutins, like animal print, platform, <laughs> two piece, peep toe. And um, this woman, a friend of mine, um, she's a blogger. Well, she was a blogger at that time. And she was just always in the know in terms of apps and different things. And I don't even think we call them apps at that time. She was like, oh, look at this like, new cool thing I'm using. I'm like, what is that? She's like, it's Instagram. You like, you share your pictures. I was like, oh, okay. And I was like laying back on my bed in like this super fancy ass um, hotel in California. And I took a picture and that was like my first um, Instagram picture. And I remember about, I don't know, maybe like nine months after that, maybe Essence Magazine did a roundup of the top 10 Instagram accounts to follow for fashion and beauty. And I was like on it with Jew and Ambrose. I was like, what? Whoa. <laughs> yes. And so that was a moment that, that stuck out for me. Stylecaster had rated me like one of the top bloggers or something. Like there were a lot of top blogger kind of, um, lists and things like that mm. that happened those are some fun milestones in the beginning for sure so obviously you've been you know you've been at this for a while do you feel like because earlier on you said about you still get that you're in that discovery phase and I'm the same like I can't I love I love beauty like yeah. I bought some of violet you know violet underscore fr Yes, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I bought some of her stuff last night, but last week I bought Makeup by Mario, and the week before that I bought Lisa Eldridge. It's like, these are my things. These are my my beautiful things. Yeah, yeah. But, um, do you feel like, because you say you still have that, mm-hmm. does that mean that you are doing this towards, is there an ultimate goal for you? Because I feel like you are, you know, you know this like inside out. Is there is there still a dream for you in the beauty world that you're aiming for? Are you or are you just good where you are? Oh, I have so many goals. <laughs> I have so many goals, and like you know, you meet a goal, you achieve a goal, and then there's something else, or there's a thing that you thought was a goal, and then that transition. Because at one point, I really thought being a beauty editor editor was like the pinnacle. Like, oh my gosh, this would be so incredible to achieve this. I put it on my vision board and made it plain, came up with the action steps and it happened for me. And so that was the goal. So I find that the goals kind of ebb and flow. They evolve. Um, I do have, I would say like two to three very significant goals that I'm looking to achieve within the next, you know, few months to a year. Um, Yeah. So I do have, I do have goals. But I also, so career-wise, there are some goals. And one thing that I do pride myself on, I do feel like I have evolved quite a bit and I've been able to, I hate to like use the word pivot, but I've been in the beauty space for over 15 years. um, And I think a big part of 
remaining relevant is kind of one being true to myself and who I am. And I do think I have a unique voice, but I tend to be a bit of an early adopter. Um, but I also tend to like, I like to grow with the industry. I'm still very much engaged and energized by the industry. I'm not bored. Some things I'm into more than others. Clubhouse, I was like, okay, now I can't do it. Like, I'm just, oh, you know, it'll just pass me by and I, that's just what it is. Mm. But I do feel like I have this ability to evolve and I get to these different stages where I think about like what I want next, what I want like maybe the next 10 years to look like. So when I first started in beauty, I would like do anything. It was like, if you had a salon, a spa, and you wanted to sweep the floors, I would do it so I could be there to learn. It didn't matter. Mm. And that helped me kind of fine tune what I like. That's how I got into doing makeup because I was good at it. I had a shit ton of makeup. So it's like, why not? People were asking me to do it. And at that time, I wore like way more makeup. I'm more like none right now. I hardly ever wear any. Um, and so I knew I liked makeup. So I was doing makeup, but I also love writing. Like even when I look back at like my papers from school, I've always been a really strong creative writer. And at some point I had to say, which one do I want to do more? Like, do I want to continue doing makeup? Am I really serious about it? Am I going to build a portfolio? Do I want to like carry brushes? Like, is this my dream? Or do I want to focus more on the editorial side and writing and that part? And that was like, that was the split in the road. I just wasn't serious enough about makeup. So, and I feel like I'm constantly making those decisions and, or having those conversations with myself and my goals. Um, I, one of my goals is to create skincare and that's been like, I know it's been such a passion. Of mine. Time. I, I, actually, <laughs> I actually have some, there's your only sneak peek. <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to do that in slow-mo. That I'm finalizing. I will give a tiny sneak peek that free product that I'm currently formulating. And I'm really, um, I'm hard. I'm, it's hard for me to give that deadlines and timelines because sometimes so many things are out of your control. And I'm like, I can't give a timeline until something is within my control. And even once it's within my control, like I'm going to have like a COVID situation and it's like, I can't do anything. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I try to like not get too caught up in timelines, but um, creating products is something that I've been very passionate about for a long time. It's something I've been wanting to do, but I just had various blocks, be it, mental, be it financial, be it, you know, just kind of life. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a big project. That's a big goal of mine and some other transitions too, that I see being like a bigger, a kind of like a next chapter. And I'm like, hmm, I probably would like to kind of move my brand and expertise. And I'm like, I can see myself in that direction a little bit more. So I do have goals um, and they're constantly evolving. Yeah. Okay. I can't let the skincare go at that point. So, okay. How, just some quick questions. How long have you been working on it so far, the actual product? Um, it's been a couple of years that I've been working on it. So I have three products and Actually, a big part of why I had to move the call is because I had to get on with my chemist because something arrived oh. and I was like, this is, right. not, this is not given what it was supposed to be. <laughs> so what are these three products supposed to be giving? Because, you know, you are the queen of glow. I'll say it again, before it became a trend, like 
I'm not gonna like okay I'm just gonna say it I have a sizable forehead okay <laughs> and one thing I always just say Felicia's you know Felicia's just glowing like you'd have the glowy forehead and you'd have the hair back and mm-hmm. yeah and you've got the glasses <laughs> so I think <laughs> but like you you really it felt like you always just wanted to have that that glow it wasn't about matte or maybe it was but it'd be a lipstick it was yeah. very I don't like to say youthful anymore because I know that's not what okay, let's be real for a lot of people it is that is what skincare right. is about they want to yeah. look younger but for some mm-hmm. it's just you just want to look like you when you want to want to look fresh right um, so what can we expect I'm guessing these products are going to be about glowing skin yeah, so I think in theory, all three of the products um, help to give glowing skin. So I'll say that. Um, again, there are three products. One does have a brightening focus. One is very uh, squarely focused on brightening. The other product is kind of more of a tightening, refining slash detox. Um, and then the third product is in the calming genre, which I feel like there's such a need for that because we tend to beat our faces up <laughs> so yeah. much. Um, I know like I can't live without calming products right now. And that's been the case for like the last few years. Mm-hmm. So I knew there had to be something in the routine that would fill that space um the specific type of products they are I'm not gonna say yet but those are categories um I think that y'all are gonna love them I'm really really excited for them I had a date in mind and then something happened with the chemist today yesterday it's making like that date may or may not be the date so we'll see we'll see let me know when it's ready and I hope that it can be shipped to the UK or there's a stockist um, because you, you've got a lot of love over here as well. I had people oh, in my yeah. DMs saying, she's the OG, like, I can't wait for this. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so much. That makes me so happy. <laughs> Just to, you know, bring it right into the present right now, you know, we have been going through this pandemic, the Panini <laughs> The Pantem V, as you said. <laughs> but I want to know, like, did you notice any changes in yourself during the pandemic? Skin, mood, like, how, how was it for you? That is an excellent pandemic-related question. <laughs> um, yes, I definitely have noticed changes. I don't know that my changes are so dramatically different from what others, you know, might be noticing or feeling. Um, I think it's made us all so introspective. Um, So just to kind of go back to our earlier conversation about goals, like some of my goals are very professionally driven, but some of them are really personally driven. And I think that that is kind of pandemic induced, induced where I think about you know, having more time for nothingness, which is a huge deal for me. I am like very much into nothingness. That's just, it's, it's paramount for me. So I think that there, for me, there are lots of new goals and ways that I see life and how I want to do life that have come out of, um, that have come out of the pandemic. 
So it's definitely like most of us, many of us, it's taken a toll on the trajectory of like how we see ourselves, um, how we see ourselves living life. So I completely see things not like night and day, but it's really helped to simplify what matters most. And I don't think I'm unique in that. Um, in terms of changes to my skin, um, I think probably one of the biggest changes that obviously we all dealt with max masks, masks and we've all been dealing with masks. I had it up to his really bad. <laughs> What's really bad. funny is I now love the masks for skincare because I feel like the areas where I'm most where I get hyperpigmentation the most, it's all covered by the mask. So I'm like, I'm not getting that sun, um, that direct sun hit, even though I'm wearing sunscreen. So I actually kind of like the mask now. I'm like, I'm wearing a mask forever. So, <laughs> but, um, but one thing that was new for me in the pandemic was that I felt like it pushed me to try injectables for the first time. Which oh, because of the Zoom, because of being on camera. It wasn't even the Zooms. It was just like I was ready. It was like I... it wasn't the Zooms because I like I get on Zoom and I honestly like I mostly do Zooms, no makeup, and I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, she's cute. I'm like, you know, I don't do the you know fix yourself up filter. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, this is what you get. I'm gonna throw on some lip gloss and <laughs> that's it. So it wasn't like the Zoom face. It was just me feeling like. When I, I think I was just ready because I think probably ever since like 40, I was like, okay, so smile lines are my thing and I've been doing everything under the sun to try and like keep them at bay and like manage them a little bit. But I'm like, it's taken a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And then I finally met a doctor that I was comfortable with doing the filler for smile lines. And I was just like, it was, the decision was like that. There was like no thinking and researching. And maybe I've been researching for years because at that time I was 45. So that was like a year ago. And I was just like, yeah, let's do it. And I did it. And I was just like, oh my God, my only regret was not doing it sooner. (laughs) I was just like, oh my God. Um, but yeah, it definitely, it didn't have to do with Zoom. It was just like, I was just ready. I was just like, oh my gosh. I'm, oh, you know what it was that I didn't have as much time. Even though I know we're all home, I was homeschooling, you know, and mm-hmm. that took a lot of time. And then like trying to work, that took a lot of my time. So I felt like I wasn't giving my skincare the full attention and focus that I wanted to give. And I was like, let's see what the injectables do. so I had a consult with Dr. Henry and she tightened me right up. So that was the first time you had anything done. That was the first time at 45. And I have to tell you, and if I like, I think I'm a humble person, but saying that probably makes you not humble, but (laughs) I think I'm pretty humble. And even people tell me like, you cannot take a compliment. If someone compliments you, I'm like, oh my God, thank you. This is from like five years ago. I got it. They're like, just say thank you. I do think I'm a humble person, but I'm, I was in her office and I was like, let me just take a quick before picture just so I have some reference. I took it before. I was like, damn, I was like, the face card is not lying. (laughs) I was like, okay, 45. Okay. Well, I'm so glad that you mentioned that because you don't look 45. You look about 35, 36. 
people have been saying to me that you age backwards and it's so <laughs> mad that you're saying literally it's only in the past year you've actually done yeah. something with that but what I, is it is it the gua sha what what's, what is it what have you been doing all these years you know what I think it's that I started caring for my skin at an early age I just think that I was at a critical point where um I, I started getting adult acne at like 2021 and at, before that, I was doing nothing to my skin. I didn't need to. So when lots of other girls were maybe having breakouts and stuff in high school, that wasn't my ministry. Like, it just wasn't my thing. But then I was like, 2021, it was just like crazy. So I went to a derm. She gave me retinol, retin-A, gave me no guidance. It was like, just wear it. And within like a week, or just apply it. Within a week, I was photosensitive. My skin was a oh. fucking wreck. It was horrible. It was raw. It was peeling. It was fresh flesh. It was just an entire. She didn't tell you wear this at night, every other night. Wear this was a whole black woman. This was a whole black woman. And I was just like, Gosh. so that made my skin crazy. And that kind of started my like trying to learn and educate myself. I went to so many different derms, black, highly recommended, like so many. And it wasn't so I saw Dr. Rose Ingleton, um, lovely Jamaican woman in New York. And like, she got me all the way together. But the the most important thing was that she talked to me. She listened. She explained how products work because she prescribed something. I was like, I'm already using that. That doesn't work. She's like, well, how are you using it? And I showed her, she's like, you're using it wrong. (laughs) Here's how to use it correctly. And then talk to me in four weeks. And I was like, you know things because it's working. So that was really a big part of my like entree into beauty and skincare and just being very passionate about it because I knew there were other people like me out there that doctors are just throwing things at you and you don't know to wear sunscreen or like not have another active in your routine. And oh, what's an active? So you know, that was a big, that was big for me. That was really um, big for me. So the thing that I think has made a big difference in my skin is that I really started using retinol at a very early age. So I'm like in my twenties and I'm using retinol, um, glycolic acid, which works well for me. Like that's a good resurfacer for me. So I think folks need to figure out which actives work for them and start using them, <laughs> you know? So for me, I knew off the bat retinol worked for me, for me. my skin tolerated very well. Um, glycolic acid still to this day, like those are glycolic acid, retinol, and vitamin C. Those are the three things that my routine will never, ever be without. Niacinamide is a bit newer in the last like maybe four or five years to my routine, but I just know that those key ingredients really work well for my skin and sunscreen, sunscreen, because I would have picked up so much damage in my irreversible damage in my 20s had I not learned about sunscreen and protecting my skin that by the time I got to maybe 30, I probably would have had a lot of fine lines, lots of wrinkles. Mm-hmm. Um, and even at like 40, 46 now be 47, like a month and a half. I still like, I don't have deep forehead line. I know. I know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, I don't have like creasing over here, but the smile lines, like I look at pictures from maybe like my twenties, like that, the lot, it was like so deep. I can't even really? like, they were just so deep. 
they were so deep. Like they just started from here and they were just so deep. And then I have high cheekbones too. So I feel like that made the smile lines more pronounced. So I think for folks that are maybe a little flatter in the face here, they're not as pronounced. But for me, mm-hmm. cheekbone was up here and it was like carved. Like I just felt like a uh, a puppet, you know, with the, you know, I was just like, oh, you're so deep. Um, so I think that's it. For me, it's been retinol, glycolic acid, vitamin C, sunscreen. Um, I got more facials when I was just a pedestrian, like before I became like a beauty person, <laughs> when I was just like regular, like, you know, Felicia, I used to get facials like once a month when I became like an editor in a beauty space where of course I had access. I, I got very few facials and I could get them for free at, at this point, but I just do more on my own. Um, So I think those ingredients and those strategies work well for my skin and starting it early. Well, I love what you said about it works for you. I think this is the thing. No one's saying everybody go out and do the same thing. Right, yeah. You've got to kind of seek advice if you need it or just it's trial and error, but in a very gentle way. So coming up to the final questions now, I am going to throw you some quick fire ones. I didn't mention before, but I know that you can handle it. Um, so the first two key questions before we get into that, I want to know, I loved how you mentioned nothingness earlier. Can you just break that down for me? What is that? Is that a day of doing nothing? Is it no social media? Like, Have you sent Phoebe to stay with someone like what is your nothingness like because I was going to ask you about how you wind down but it sounds like your nothingness time is your wind so, down yeah okay that I'm happy to share this because I would love for others to incorporate more nothingness into their lives on a day-to-day basis sometimes it looks like doing less so if I typically have a to-do list of 10 I now realize that here in the panorama, I can't do 10 things a day. Stop trying. That's not your capacity anymore. It used to be, it ain't accepted. Your capacity is three. Do three things. And if you still bout it after three, you can do the fourth or something from tomorrow, then like go with God. Let that be your thing. So for me, it starts with like just doing less, giving myself less to do's. Um, the nothingness as it relates to social is that I take regular social sabbaticals. I do regular cleanses. I started it this summer, maybe in like July, because I'm like, July is a good midsummer or early summer point. Uh, my daughter would be doing summer camp and I just wanted to be able to just like relax and like pour into my friends and family. Great time. So I did it in July. Loved it so much. Like I just went off of social put up a little sign. I'll be back in the month. Um, and I came back in about a month and it was so good for me. My audience respected it. They were like, girl, you miss nothing. Welcome back, but you're fine. <laughs> you. And I think people actually like to see that you're caring for yourself in that way, because so many people in my audience have been a big part of my life for such a long time. And they know that I give so much and I genuinely richly give it that they're like, girl, you should take some time. Like people want to see you enjoying the fruits of your labor. And I feel like I, you know, built this life of like freedom and flexibility, but I wasn't really reaping the benefits of it. I wasn't cashing in on that. Like, oh, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be free and flexible. Well, here I am not being those things. Like, wait a minute, I know you lying. So 
I, you know, had to really dig into this nothingness. Um, sometimes it also means that like I turn off the work for a while and I may earn less money, but that's okay. I need like the empty space. I need creativity. I need ideas to kind of float in and float out without any kind of agenda. I think particularly in the pandemic, it's been challenging because we can't go places for inspiration. So you're kind of confined, but now that we can get out more. So I do take advantage of that. Like some days I just go to the gym if like, if it's not summer where Phoebe's not in camp, let's say it's school time, school year, like I can just go to the gym and then like come home and take a nap. And then I'll get up and, you know, do whatever couple of things I'm going to do. And that's it. Like, I'm not trying to work at full capacity all the time. So right now I'm not in a nothingness phase. And I can honestly tell you, I don't want to say I hate it, but I, I can see where I'm going to need a nothingness phase soon. So I'm like, you know what? Y'all got me until good December 15th. And after that, I'll see you at the end of January because it requires so much to keep it all going. And that's part of why I was saying I'm so excited for some of my other goals that don't keep me in like on that hamster wheel so much because I like pulling back from it. And maybe I'm working on something different. I'm working on my products. I'm doing consulting. I'm brand developing for brands. Like I always tell people like a large percentage of my money that that I make, it's like stuff that's hidden behind NDAs. Like it's not me like standing in the middle of the street on Instagram. And I never want it to be that. No shade to anyone. Mm -hmm. That's like we all, you know, we make our money how we make our money. But I love that I get to do background work. And that that sustains my life and I want to do more. Um, So my nothingness, it kind of looks differently on a daily basis um, than like quarterly, you know, looks like like social sabbatical, social media sabbaticals. Um, You know, it also looks like me marking do nothing on my calendar because I'll look at my calendar and like, for example, like today, I'm like so tired. I don't want to do anything this weekend, but a friend will call a friend whom I love dearly. Be like, Hey, let's do brunch. Oh yeah. When I see Friday is open, but that doesn't mean it's available. (laughs) So I'm like, Oh yeah, brunch. And then a weekend comes. I'm like, how the hell, why am I so tired again? (laughs) So I literally have to put do book, nothing, book, nothing, book, nothing. I will, cause I have to think about it in advance. Cause in the moment I'll see the empty spot and just book it. You know, I'll make a brunch and it's like, I love my friends. I love my family. Of course I want to like come to your kid's party. But if I put book, nothing, I know that when I was in my present mind, (laughs) I told myself don't put shit on that day. You know, I need to do that. I need to do that because I know I just so know what you mean. Like I work in beauty and my stuff is kind of behind the scenes as in creating content. Okay. And there's a period of time where it's like prepping the content, you know, putting reaching out to loads of people to get the content together, writing it, putting it together, working with a designer. And there's this period of like stress. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're gonna have to take a week off after this but I never really do that I'll be like oh I'm gonna have half of Monday off and I'll have half of Tuesday off and then maybe Friday I can have two hours off and I think I need to actually do that like do put in book nothing like you are on your own today yeah yeah 
So that's what nothingness looks like for me. Um, it's being very uh, conscious about my calendar and trying to, you know, to put, you know, do book nothing so that I'm not overbooked. It's doing less on a regular basis, which in some way it feels like more. Like I feel like I am getting so much more out of life and I have not yet quantified the amount of revenue that I lose in doing this, but I still feel pretty damn comfortable. You know, like my fridge is stocked and you know, That's important. My child is healthy. It's like, I'm okay. The kids are all right. Like you will be fine. You know, your mental and emotional is worth so much more. I feel like a lot of people, it took the pandemic to learn that. I just think if it hadn't been for the pandemic, they would not learn that. They would just keep pushing team no days off. Yeah. You know, living on no sleep. Yeah, um, this sounds right. It's not worth it. Yeah. I Final do. main question before we get into the, the quick fire. Um, tell me, <laughs> you know, to me, you are a beauty icon. I love the fact that you said you do Zooms with no makeup on. I'm like, that one. I know. I'm serious. Like, I literally I did that was like, once I need last week. <laughs> I need a gloss, so I did that. But, but I like that. It's like the gloss draws the viewer in so I don't think you notice much you know you just notice the lips so I might try that um but I wanted to know when do you feel you're most beautiful you know you're this beauty influencer beauty expert skincare junkie slash expert when do you feel you're most beautiful I think I feel my most beautiful when I feel co- when I'm confident in a thing So that translates into beauty for me when I feel like confident, like right now I feel very beautiful because I feel very confident in our discussion and what I'm bringing to it and what you're bringing. So I feel very confident in this on this moment. I feel really beautiful. Um, Aesthetically, I truthfully feel very beautiful. I'm not trying to be like no Alicia Keys, but I really do prefer my skin in its state, like blemishes and all. Like I'm not saying, oh, my skin, your skin is perfect. Of course you feel beautiful. I just prefer my skin this way. I mean, I do wear makeup when I go out and I do love makeup and I'm always looking for like the best tinted moisturizer. And I, like re- I really love like a great, good, dense concealer. I love listening to your Katie Jane Hughes. Yes. I was like, oh my God, I don't know why people play around with tinted moisturizers. Just go for the concealer. Like you need yes. that dense coverage. Um, like I still love those things. I love putting on lashes when I go out and I go back and forth sometimes between like, I'll do like little fake extensions and I may do a strip. Um, but I really do feel my most beautiful, like when my skin is kind of bare and it's fresh. Cause I always feel no matter like how smooth, whatever my skin is, when I put makeup on, I always feel like I get more texture than I, I had, you know? So I really do like my skin. Um, I feel really beautiful in my skin. Like after I wash my face or sometimes I wake up in the morning and everything is like perfectly plump. I'm like, Oh, so aesthetically, that's when I feel beautiful. But like in my mind, when I'm confident in what I'm doing or saying, I feel really beautiful, kind of powerful. Okay. Quick fire. Lipstick or lip liner? Lip liner. Why? Because I can draw it on and then throw my gloss on and I can make it 
more exaggerated. I can tone it down. I can give some shaping. So I would definitely go lip liner over lipstick. Highlight or contour? Highlight. I knew you were going to say that. I just, I, I mean, I love glow. That was yeah. <laughs> Bronzer or blusher? Blush. Do you have a favorite? I don't have a favorite at the moment. Elf has these really beautiful kind of dreamy, um, almost matte blushes. I really do like those. Um, but that's probably like my favorite at the moment. Mascara or brow product? Oh, wow. Mascara because I'm microbladed. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Perfume or lotion? Oh my gosh, perfume. Have I knew you were going to say that. I set myself up there. I know your bloody collection. Oh went my away. God. No, definitely, definitely perfume. Double or single cleanse? Situational. Um, Is it like a double when it's makeup, single yeah. when it's first thing in the morning kind of thing? Yeah, or like double if it's like sunscreen and makeup too. Definitely need a double, like a wipe off and then a cleanse. Yeah. Botox or O Natural, but I think you're pretty Botox. much <laughs> Botox that hopefully looks natural. So I got Botox to it, my brow, just to like I did like a Botox brow lift because my Ooh. lid was starting to like droop. And I was like, I'm like looking like my mom, but I'm realizing it's drooping. So a little doop and it lifts the brow. So definitely um Botox. Okay. Any advice for anyone wanting to just stay? We won't say youthful, but just looking their best for longer. What's the one thing you would tell them? Um, In general, like the skin you have today is your best skin. So preserve it. And how you preserve it, it depends on what works for your skin, what you have access to, what you can afford, what you can afford to invest. So for someone, it's like, you know what, I'm going to start Botox injectables. I'm going to do this like twice a year. Someone else is like, you know, my skin really responds to retinol. I'm going to do that. But, but in general, like your best skin is today. It's like, it's declining as we grow, which is, I, I listen, I, I talk my age, talk about my age everywhere I go, because every year is a blessing. I don't want the opposite of, of, of aging. So it's a blessing, but if you want, you know, if you have certain goals for your skin, in theory, your best skin is today. And if you want that skin to look a certain way, you really do have to work to preserve it. And you figure out for yourself what that preservation looks like. Thanks so much for listening. I really do hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Please do give Felicia a follow at This That Beauty and tag me at Beauty Me Podcast and let me know when you're listening. As always, it would be great if you could rate, review and subscribe. It only makes each episode better. You can also find me on Twitter at Beauty Me Podcast and check out some of my video episodes over on YouTube. I'll make sure to post a link in my show notes and don't forget to sign up for my newsletter. See you next week.